Hallelujah. All right, listen. I'm not going to be here long. We're going we're gonna to get this word because there's a proper response that needs to happen. And the proper response is families are going to be healed today. There's going to be reconciliation and peace that happens today. The, the, the time is right. No better time than now. I'm telling you this right now because time. Y'all know the song. What's the song? What's that old song say? Time is what? On how is it that my nine-year-old daughter knows this song? And she wasn't even alive. And some of y'all, y'all used to go to juke joints listening to that song. Man, get out of here. Thank you, Nick. I'm good. You're good. We're going to give this word real quick. So um, there's a measure of deliverance that we need to get to today. Because we read Joel chapter 2. Verse 32, from the New Living, you know, let me go, let me go to New King James because I'm going to get my Derek Prince on real quick. Whole chapter, thank you. It says, 2.32, and it shall come to pass. That whoever turns off all the other microphones will get a high five from Jimmy. You can't turn off the microphone. And it shall come to pass that only white people, only black people, only Puerto Rican people or Hispanics, Arawaks, or only indigenous people. No, it doesn't say that, does it? It doesn't even say only Jews. It doesn't say only Gentiles. It says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. That's what it says, right? It says that. And we read that, and we're like, yes, Lord. Oh, call on the name of the Lord so that you can be delivered. Oh, call on your name, Lord. You can call on the name of the Lord nonstop, and he will deliver you. He absolutely will. But there's different stages of deliverance. And there are different levels of deliverance. And there are different fashions of deliverance. But guess what? Deliverance never goes out of style. Deliverance never goes out of style. And the reason why it doesn't is because in order to receive deliverance, you do have to forgive. In order for you to forgive, you do have to repent. So we read Joel chapter 2, verse 32, and we just leave it at that. Oh, those that call in the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Thank you, Franny. And then we also read, you know, uh, resist the devil and he'll flee. And we just talk about that. Resist the devil. Hey, Travis, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Come on, buddy. Why are you still going through what you're going through? You're just supposed to resist the devil and he'll flee. And then we bastardize people because we've quoted that scripture in error of, hey, resist the devil. Daniel, hey, guess what? Resist the devil. Why are you still going through what you're doing? That's your fault. Resist the, hey, Jordan, resist the devil. 
I bind you now in Jesus' name. You're dead. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Why are you still struggling? Oh, you're not resisting the devil. And we beat people over the head because they're still going through things. Is it still alive? The devil is a liar. It's a wasp. Chill. Shut your mouth. Ooh. Demonic. Jesus Christ, have mercy. He just wouldn't die. He's dead now. I've never seen a blue fluorescent-looking wasp ever in my life. That was first. He resisted me, and uh, the rest is history. So we say resist the devil and he'll flee. And then we get upset because we see the same people struggling with the same things. And the reason why is because we have given them the word of God in error. How so? Because we tell them that your fight is just to resist the devil. This is what I hate about deliverance. I'm gonna tell, see, I don't share this with everybody. You want to know why I hate deliverance? Because it's so focusing on the demons instead of focusing on the building of Jesus Christ in the individual. I love doing deliverance. I absolutely love it. There ain't nothing better than seeing people in, in the brokenness and the desperation to say, I need deliverance. And, and then you start conducting deliverance. Holy Spirit starts doing it through you. It is the ministry of Holy Spirit. And he's telling you what to cast out. He's revealing things to you. He's telling you all kinds of different things. And uh, oh, Jesus. Young lady, right here. You, yeah. You're the young lady. You're the only one I'm talking to. Yeah. The Lord's going to heal you. Oh, no, 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 it's not a hope. The Lord's going to heal you, but you have some conditions to meet. You have to forgive. You have to let people go. You have to repent for all involvement you've ever had with witchcraft, ever. Tarot cards, horoscope, palm reading, all of that stuff, crystals, dream catchers, burning of candles, angel cards. Just repent for it. And he's going to heal you. It's not a maybe. It's not a hope so. He is going to heal you today. Not later. Not down the road. He's healing you today. And I don't got to lay a hand on you. You are going to be healed. You're being healed right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I call healing virtue in your entire body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Your thyroid's going to get in order today. God is healing your thyroid right now. He won't let me turn my plow. I'm ready to just give this word. But he won't stop looking, letting me. He, he won't. He won't allow me to. I break in the name of Jesus Christ every single word curse that's been placed on you because of the little involvement that you had with witchcraft. Unknowingly and innocent in doing so. But it is held on to you for about 52 years. So I snap the neck of that curse on you now in Jesus' name. And all stolen virtue is going to be returned to you today. Without delay. 
I've said it, so it's going to happen. I'm not Jesus, but this is what he's saying to you. So the restless nights are over. Your sleep is being restored. Six years of torment and pain are gone. Forever, never to return. But you've got to give your life to him. That's, that's the condition. You've got to give your life to him. You've got to keep those doors closed. All right? So we, we give these people the wrong idea of resisting the devil. We should not be focusing so much on the devil. We don't focus on the enemy. We focus on the commander. When you focus on the commander, you gain his intent. And you're able to do his mission. The word of God says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, that where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. That word vision is shamar, and it literally means prophecy. And so we have, you okay, Charlena? Okay. So we see people that have a mission statement for their ministry, and then they have a vision statement for their ministry, but they don't believe in prophecy. So how in the world are you going to know the commander's intent if you, have, if you lack vision? And so when you hyper-focus on the ability of an individual to resist the devil, you forget the first part of that verse, which is to submit to God. I'm really struggling with this. I've got good news, brother. If you submit to the Lord and resist the devil, that's what the scripture says. Submit to the Lord and resist the devil. Say it with me. Submit to the Lord and resist the devil. Then he will flee from you. But you have to submit. This is the problem right now that I see with deliverance ministry, that I see in the bride of Christ as a whole, is that we lose translation in the transition. We lose translation of the commander's intent in the transition. You have to know how to transition well. I had to learn how to drive a stick shift in Afghanistan because I was the, the company gunnery sergeant, and I had to take my company commander all the time everywhere, and we had a land cruiser, an up-armored land cruiser. It was so cool because it was, like, bomb-proof and all this other stuff. It was neat. And I had to learn. They're like, Staff Sergeant Canales, you need to drive the, the company commander over here and do this, that, and the third. You need to take the CEO over here, the commanding officer, and the sergeant major over there. I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. And they're like, oh, here's the keys. Cut the keys. I'm like, yeah. I get in the car. I'm like, crap. <laughs> I don't know how to drive a standard. And I learned in the first two minutes that I need to have a smooth transition from first to second. And even in first, you had to, you just lightly let off of that clutch. I mean, very lightly let off of that clutch. Don't gas it too much. It's just it's a perfect little, just enough. And then by the time, I mean, I only had to drive 
two miles down the road, but you're talking two miles down the road at 25 miles an hour in a war zone. So it took like 25 minutes to get there. But when I finally got there, because you got the checkpoints. So I learned by the time I got to the flight line, I, I knew how to drive a standard. And I learned really fast that the commander's intent means nothing if you lose the, trans the translation in the transition. And so in order for you to transition properly, you have to have, like in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you have to have a proper posture. Your posture has to be upright. You have to make sure that you're in the proper position, and then you can get the submission. Did you hear what I just said? Posture of your heart has to be right. Because if your posture is not right in your heart, you will never be able to be positioned under the shadow of the Almighty. If you're not positioned under the shadow of the Almighty, forget about it. You will never transition to true submission unto the Lord. Therefore, you will not be able to resist the devil and flee. So we have to learn how to transition in the right translation of the commander's intent regarding deliverance. Because again, to me, this is to me, I love casting out devils. And I was just telling um, Benny Alvarez and Talia Alvarez, they are co-pastors uh, of Connect Church, Come Connect Church in Albany. Uh, we are, they're covering uh, alongside um, Will Abar and Cindy Abar. And they were here yesterday, and I was telling them uh, a few different things about deliverance. And I said, you know, it's more about the infilling of Jesus Christ than it is the routing out of the demons. But you have to, you cannot build the image in. If this was, if I wanted to fill this up with energy drink, how much energy drink am I going to get in here right now? Not much, right? Because it's full. So I'll have to empty this out to get the amount of energy drink I want in, right? It's the same with deliverance. You have to empty out the cistern in order for it to be filled again. But the difference is, is I don't have to pour. We know that. I, I want to say this. Full deliverance is not just obtainable because it is. But it's also sustainable, which means you have to work. Okay? But what I told them as well, pertaining to deliverance, is that when you begin to do deliverance, you become known in heaven. You're known in hell because of what you do on earth. And what you do is you cast devils out. So... We don't have to work for salvation. We all know that, right? You don't obtain salvation through works. We know this, right? So we will not be judged on that merit. But then there's this thing called the Bema seat, the Bema judgment, where we will be judged for someone tell me. What are we going to be judged for? Our works. The works. The works. Did you do Mark 16? Verse 15 through 20, did you do it? If no, did you really hear what the Spirit of the Lord was saying? So you become known on earth for what you do 
with what God has given you. And so pertaining to deliverance, I said all of that to say this. Those that call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, right? That's what it says. But when's the last time you read the whole, the whole chapter of uh, Joel 2? When's the last time? Because if you read from the very beginning, there was an infestation of locusts. Don't we have an infestation of cicadas right now? I said that we're in Jubilee, right? I didn't say it, but the Lord said it. We're in Jubilee. Debt cancellation. Jubilee, every seven years. Every seven years. Debt cancellation, it's a festival. It's a time of refreshing. It's a time of new beginnings. It's a time of looking back and seeing the goodness of God, learning from the, from the uh, successes and the victories, but also learning more so from the failures and the decisions where, man, I really should have listened to God there. I didn't. We're in Jubilee, but we are also in a time and a season found in Joel chapter 2. If you go to verse 12, in my Bible, it has a title to verse 12. Does it have a title in your Bible? Does anybody have a title in their Bible for verse 12 of Joel chapter 2? Say it loud. Last time I checked, the number 12 comes before 32. 12 stands for what? Governmental order. Call to repentance. This is what it says in this New Living Translation. This is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is yet time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your cloths or your clothings in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Or like a few of us have heard, rend not your garments. Rend your heart. Right? Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Who knows? Perhaps he will give you a reprieve. That sounds like debt cancellation to me. Whew. Come on. I don't know about you. I desire, want, and need debt cancellation. Not just monetarily and financially. I'm talking about relationally. I need some people to forgive me of my stupidity when I was younger. I need some people to forgive me of my stupidity just last week. I need some debt cancellation on that end. I, am, I owe them a debt. There is a debt out in the courtroom of heaven right now with Jimmy's name on it, but it's being canceled today. Yours can be canceled too because, again, while there are not a lot of conditions in the kingdom of God, there are a lot of conditions in the kingdom of God. Prophecy is conditional, is it not? It speaks to Holy Spirit potential in an individual's life. God shows a portion, a sliver of the pie of what his will and intent is for that individual receiving it. 
And then we get mad at the mailman for the mail that we received. And then we see people that continue to get the same prophetic word over and over and over again. It doesn't matter. You can, ten, you can send them to Timbuktu, and a prophet in Timbuktu will come and say, Thus saith the Lord, and say this the exact same thing that the person received from a thousand other people over the past 20 years. Have you ever wondered why that happens? Nobody in here has wondered why you keep on getting the same prophetic word. It's not for confirmation. It's, 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 it's for action for you to obey what God has told you to. So if you're tired of getting the same prophetic word over and over again, you're like, God, well, I want a new prophetic word. <laughs> uh, then um, how about you do what he's been telling you for 25 years? Oh, well, you know, I just, that's neither here nor there, right? That, that's why. Because it's conditional. And the Lord, in his unfailing love, loves to remind you of his unfailing love. And that he is a God of more than a second chance. And he continues to give you the exact same word over and over and over and over and over again. There needs to be a deliverance from ignorance. So he said all that. Um, then it goes down to verse 18. Well, I'll read let me read 17. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and the altar, in between porch and altar. Thank you, Lord. I didn't know I was going to read this scripture today. had no idea. Let them pray. Spare your people, Lord. Don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. Don't let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, has the God of Israel left them? Do you see why it's important to be, to be obedient? Do you see why it's important for you to live a life of repentance and to forgive people? Because the greatest witness that you can do for anybody is living a life lived well in the will of God. What does that look like, Jimmy? I'm glad you asked. If you go out and people say, like you, you just post all kinds of, oh, the Lord is my shepherd, and you use. You know, you find the scriptures that are nice cursive with butterflies and, and fairy tales. You know, you got fairy dust. Tinkerbell is in there with it, too, because it's just you make you make the gospel so so unobtainable and like a fairy tale. But you post it all the time on Facebook. So people think that you're a Christian and then they see you going through the same hell over and 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 over again. And they're like, uh, no, thank you. I don't want that God. I don't want that God. So you make people say, has the God of, I'll just use me, has the God of Jimmy left him? I'll just use me as an example. But praise his high name, not because of anything other than me obeying. People can look at my life and see that there is a God. 100%. People can look at a few people and say, oh, man, there is a God. There has to be a God. There's no way. So then verse 18 says, uh, what is it titled, Pam, where verse 18 is? Woo! Come on. That doesn't excite nobody in here. Okay, we got a bunch of prudes. So I'm going to teach you something. In the Marine Corps, when uh, 
we would go to the range and doing workups and stuff, we would have to, you know, do the grenade thing, right? You have to learn how. Derek, tell everybody how you pull the pin for a, for a grenade. Pull, twist, pull, right? Some of y'all got to remove that stick from your rear end. Pull, twist, pull. Remove it. Remove it. The Lord's promise of restoration. Come on. Who, who wants to be restored? Because only those that want to be restored will get restored. Those that are hungry enough to get restored will get restored. But y'all are too worried about the stick up your rear end and wonder why you can't sit down in the presence of God. Mm. I desire to be restored. I desire others to be restored, but my God, I'm not going to want it more than you. When we have people come in here for deliverance, I don't know how many times I've looked at people and said, I'm not going to want this deliverance for you more than you do, and I'm also not going to work harder than you. So you either want this deliverance or you don't. But you're not, you're not just going to sit there and not do anything. You're not just going to sit there and... No, no, no. You have to be interactive and proactive. Do you have a pain? Okay, what's your pain level at? Like for Jordan, I'll use Jordan for example. Jordan, what's your pain level at right now? Zero. Great. So if we were conducting deliverance, okay, uh, the, the demons may manifest in a few different ways. You may burp. You may sneeze. You may cough. You may pee on yourself. You may fart. We've had people poop on themselves. They're, and I just go through the whole entire slew of different things. You have no pain in your body. If you feel pain begin to start in certain areas of your body, let me know. And let me know where they're traveling to. Let me know if it's intensifying. Why? Because if I'm hitting a demon or he's like, oh, I feel, because there's different portions of the body. I'll tell you right now. We have, by the power and the mercy found in the name of Jesus Christ, because he said, in my name they shall cast out devils. It's not in Jimmy's name. It's not in Josh's name. It's not in Whitney's name, Fran's name, Jordan's name, nobody's name, but the name that's higher than all names. When we start casting out the demon of Leviathan, it has the exact same response in everybody's body. And I'll tell you what it is. I have no problem telling you. It starts in their belly. My stomach hurts. Then what it does, it comes all the way up on their chest, and they say, I feel so much pressure on my chest, like someone is just laying, it's like, a, like 100 kilos on my chest, like 202 pounds that are just resting on my, it, it's, it's an unbearable pressure. And then what I say is you will not latch or lodge into any other portion or orifice in their body. Why do I say that? Because when it's on their chest, then they always complain, I feel hooks in my back. Not once, not twice. Every time we have cast out the spirit of Leviathan, that's what happens. So I start, hey, you got any pain? No, I don't. Okay, cool. Why does this matter? Because we need to have an understanding of, you know what? I want to be restored. What do I got to do to be restored? I want to interact in the restoration of my own life. Full circle. That's what it means. That's why I said that. Because if you want to be restored, you've got to do the necessary work. Thank you. Jesus on the main line. 
See, he doesn't got to pull no grenade. So it says the Lord's promise of, of restoration. Then the Lord will, pit, will have pity on his people and jealousy guards the honor of his land. Wow. The Lord will reply, look, I am sending you grain and new wine. Praise his high name. Y'all know grain prices are crack prices right now. Everything is skyrocketed right now because our supply chain has been infiltrated by hackers in the oil, uh, hackers in beef. Uh, you know, the Suez Canal had a, a boat do this and, go, you know, block it for three weeks, all of this stuff. Last time I checked, I'm not sure. Derek can let me know if I'm wrong. Um, but when you're in warfare, the first things that you do is you take out communications and you take out their logistics. That being said, are we in war? Is America in war? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But he says that he's sending grain and new wine and oil. Because when there is, fa and this was done in famine. Hello? When was the restoration? Go, God, revival, send revival. Someone's got to be dead then. Holy Spirit, oh, Holy Spirit, come. Reverberate, Holy Spirit, reverberate. You want Holy Spirit to flutter over you like a butterfly, but he's, he's coming in like an F-32 raptor flying low to the ground, sonic boom. That's what he's doing. Oh, Holy Spirit, please, I need revival. Oh. Something needs to be dead in order to revive it. Something needs to be in shambles in order for it to be restored. There needs to be famine in the land in order for God's marvelous, miraculous wonders to be on full display. So he says that he's going to send grain and new wine and olive oil, which means... See, y'all want wine, you want oil, and you want grain, but you don't want the threshing floor. Yo, lazy. This is full circle back to what I was saying earlier. You don't want to get in the presence of God. You don't want to get in the face of God. You care more about what other people say about you instead of getting in the face of God and saying, what do you say of me? How do you look at me, Papa? What is it that you're saying of me right now, Holy Spirit? Tell me because I don't, wanna, I don't care what other people say. I care what you say. I care how you look at me. I care what you think of me. Great are his thoughts towards you. This is what the word of God says. There are books in heaven written on the artistry and the poetry known as your name. Woo! There is the, the infallible word of God over every single one of you. When you get this, it will set you free. But then when you understand it, it will keep you free. When you understand and know that God has written every single book, every single chapter of your life, he's not missed crossing a T, dotting an I, an apostrophe where the, before the S, putting a period, putting an exclamation point, parentheses. He has proper punctuation for your life. And some of you are living timid when he's actually called you as an, as an exclamation point. Some of y'all are exclamation points when he's like, nah, I called you to be a period. What do periods do? 
a good finisher, isn't it? Mm. See, and this is how you know who's, who, I'll tell you how you know if someone has a finishing anointing. They're the biggest procrastinators. The big, am I ministering to anybody in here? Stop procrastinating. It is a demon, and it's not cute. Learn to end and finish well. Could you imagine if he was on the cross and he said, it's, I don't want to do this no more. And he gets off, he gets off the cross. Could you imagine? He said, it is finished. Period. And he gave up the ghost. He's sending us grain, new wine, and olive oil. That means that the chaff and the wheat, the tares and the wheat, they've got to come up together. They've got to be winnowed. Some of y'all don't want the winnowing. I don't care. You need to be winnowed. You need to get some weight attached to you. Oh, yeah, God, I love wine, you old drunkards. Some of y'all love that wine, but you don't want the crushing. And then, and then you get the crushing, and then you become bitter. Oh, I like a Cabernet Sauvignon 2009 from Robert Mondavi. No, give me some of that, that new wine. What's it called? The Jew wine. That. Give me that. Sweet. Give me some Mad Dog 2020. Let me get that. Strawberry. Come on. Strawberry banana. The sweeter the berry. Come on. The darker the berry, sweeter the juice. You know it's true. Let me get that sweet wine. What, what do you, what, Jesus' second recorded miracle. Second recorded. What was his first? Someone tell me. Say it again, Mary. Deliverance was his first miracle. Deliverance was his first miracle. Deliverance was his first miracle. Miracles, because it said, and he went on to synagogue after synagogue, healing all of demonic oppression. That's what the Bible says in the latter part of Mark chapter 1. But when he did the second miracle of turning water to wine, new wine and best wine was sweet wine. He didn't say, I'm going to send you old wine in an old wine sack. It is bitter, and y'all wonder why you're bitter. Because you're stuck in the old ways, and you refuse to have the, you can't have the new wine without the crushing. And you can't have the new wine without a new wine skin. So you don't want to crucify your flesh, because not everything is a matter of deliverance. Some of it is just you need to stop liking the things that you like. Just stop liking the things you like. Well, I like boys, and I'm a boy. I, I, I don't know what to say to you other than Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I said what I said. I, while we're on that, why in the world is this school district propagating a new religion in the schools? LGBTQ plus, IA plus, has a flag. What do flags represent? Someone tell me, please. Flags, they, they, they 
they represent a nation, a people group. So we have a flag. But this community that is a nation, a well-represented people group, are covered under the First Amendment. That's not a matter of freedom of speech. A nation is not a matter of freedom of speech. Yes, they can even gather, which th that's, that's fine. Yeah, we can gather peacefully. But what is it that they are really pushing in the schools? Their belief system. First Amendment is freedom of religion. They are teaching a new religion, yet not allowing pure religion, which is to attend to the widow and the orphan. Is there a widow day? Do they do they do y'all have a widow day where y'all go to like Meadowbrook and and love on the widows? Do they have orphan day in the school district where you guys go to like the orphanages around the north country or or they don't do that? But they well I'm preaching chill. So um they they don't they don't do that, right? Okay. But what what do they do? They let you they, they teach you an adult propagated belief system and then will suspend you if you live out the adult propagated belief system. Oh, a boy's kissing a boy over here. That's public display of affection. You guys, you're suspended. What sense does this make? You're teaching children perversity than getting upset when they're doing it. That makes no sense. Anyways, back to the new wine. You can't have new wine without a new wineskin to put the wine in. You cannot have new oil without the crushing of the olive. But here, the Lord says that he is giving us, which means it's, it's beyond us. It's beyond us. All right? Where am I? So he says it's a call of repentance, then the Lord's promise of restoration, and then at verse 28, then it goes into this. And what does it say in your, in your uh, Bible, Pam? Mm-hmm. What's the title? In my Bible, it says the Lord's promise of his spirit. The outpour of God's spirit. So listen. So we, we're now at the part where it says, verse 32, and it shall come to pass that those that call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. That is the end. There is conditions to that. What are the conditions? I'm glad you asked. Again, number one condition for the outpour of God in your life right here, right now, today, is number one, it's a call to repentance. It's a call to repentance, missing the mark. Everywhere you've missed the mark, specifically in relationships. 
the holding on to the hurts, the pains, the offenses that others have done to you. Or you have unforgiveness in your heart towards yourself. Today is a call to repentance. Once you answer the call to repentance, then you're going to call on the Lord for his promise of restoration to be fulfilled in your life. Once that condition is then met, then you're going to call on the Lord to bring forth the promise of Holy Spirit. And that's where you can then enter in and say, I call on you, Jesus. I'm calling on your name. I need to be delivered. Stand to your feet. Twenty-eight minutes. I know that there's certain things that you may be unwilling to let go of, and that's fine. I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm here to present an opportunity. That, that's what this is. This is a grand opportunity. If you want to continue to live in the same reciprocal hamster wheel of oppression, depression, if you don't want to submit to the Lord, if you don't, don't get upset when you see those around you prospering. Don't get upset when you begin to see what you thought was the blessing of the Lord on your life because of your obedience began to dry up because you actually find out that it was the obedience of another one that commanded the blessing over you. And you just became a benefactor. And then those people then are not as involved in your life as they were in the past season. And then you realize real quick, where's my blessings? Wait, where did my blessings go? Or as Maddie would say when she was like two years old, she would, she would wake up and look for her sisters, and she'd be like, uh, where are my girls at? <laughs> it was so cute. But y'all are going to be like, uh, where are my blessings? And then you, you, well, God, I need a prophetic word. And the Lord obliges your request. And then you get the same word that you've been getting. It's not a fabrication. But there, there may be an addition to that word of, and if you don't do what I've called you to do and obey, because here's the thing. The Lord told us when we were coming here, he prepared us, and he said, if you delay another second, the insurmountable spiritual blood on your hands, you will not be able to hold. You won't be able to handle it. Your obedience commands the blessing over their lives, Jimmy. Over their lives, Whitney. So do what I've told you to do. And he made it so simple. I, I've said, I've shared this before. Um, we had one stance and stature one day. Woke up the next day, didn't have it, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I heard you. We're leaving. We're moving. Okay, we're moving. Okay. You got, you got me. All right, we're moving. 
because he had told us we were supposed to be here in like June of 2017. We didn't move until September 1st, 2000. Well, we, we had start coming back and forth around July. But even in July, the Lord rebuked me again. And then the end of the July, we're over at a service. And someone, they have a special guest. And the guy gets up. They introduce him. He's like, yeah, it's all right. Praise God. But I got to do something. The Lord has already told you that you're supposed to move. That was the 15th prophecy that we received in three months to move here. The 15th. I'm not lying. 15 different people prophesied the same thing and mounted on the previous one. And none of these people know each other. Not one of them. So we moved here. And now here we are three years later. And finally, not finally, and realizing the obedience. I'm like, wow, praise God. But there are some of you full circle that need to repent for not obeying God and doing what he's told you to do in the secret place. It's been confirmed in prophecy, all of this stuff. And then you're going to see full circle. You're going to look around one day and say, where did my blessing? Wait a minute. Lord, I know that I'm blessed and highly favored. And he's going to look at you and say, yes, you are. However, uh, I hold the key to the storehouse. So, appreciate your tithe. Appreciate your offering. I want your obedience, not your sacrifice. That's what the Lord is requiring. There's a, th today, if you need to repent for anything, it's for disobedience. Yes, Let's repent for holding contempt towards other people, relationships, yes. But I really feel the power and the presence of Holy Spirit regarding disobedience to him. Our number one ministry is not reconciliation to one another. Our number one ministry is reconciliation unto the heart of the Father and peace, which is covenant. How many of you know that you've been disobedient? Raise your hand. I have, listen, my level of disobedience is not yours. We're not here, as Jesse would say, my brother-in-law, we're not here to, uh, you know, compare the weight of each other's crosses. That's not what we're here for. My disobedience is different. My disobedience is the Lord tells me something. And I was like, you really want me to tell this woman she's going to be healed today of everything? That was disobedience because I questioned her. But that's my relationship with God. I still did what he asked me to do. But I questioned him. Do you see? That's not going to be the same for you. Or maybe it is. But that's not religious of me. It was like a caught off the guard type of thing. And I'm like, God, for real? Like, you're telling me to give this word. I'm about to give it. And then he's like, oh, by the way, wait, wait, wait. Tell her. She needs to know. She needs to know my love. All right. 
How many of you ready to, to repent for your disobedience? I am. And it's not hard. It, it really, we don't have to make this into uber religious thing and, you know, all of it. It's, it's not hard. It's sincerity of heart. When, how many of you have gotten in a fight with a friend or a loved one and no sooner than whatever comes out of your mouth comes out, out of your mouth? You're like, hmm. but inside you're like, oh, my God, why did you just say that? Like, you stand by what you just said, but inside, you went to the sunken place. Like, you just sunk deep. You're like, I can't believe I just said that. And then later on, you're like, hey, baby, I love you. Or, or like, with, I do this a lot with Kennedy. And I'll be like, hey, Kennedy. Yeah, I'll tell her to sink deeper. I'll be like, oh, Kennedy, I love you. And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> How many of you have done that? Like, and you know, it's, th it's the same thing with disobeying God. Like, the, no sooner than you disobey. Like, you know. You know he's told you, hey, be a blessing to this person. One thing that God, uh, and this is free. The reason why the Lord continues to bless Whitney and I in several areas is because we give. We don't just give of our finances and our monies. We give of our time. We give of our wisdom. We give counsel. We give whatever Holy Spirit tells us to give. And that is something we do without question ever. We never question it. We never question it. It's always a witness, and we just know it. We just know, and we do it. But some of you need to learn, hey, you know what, God? You've told me to do this, and I'm not, I'm not being obedient. We need to learn. We need to get back to being a blessing to one another. How in the world are we going to teach the world? what love is. Jesus said, they will know my disciples by the fruit that they bear and the love that they show one to another. No better way to show love to someone than to obey God concerning that, in, you know, concerning that individual. If he told me to go buy Todd a new shotgun, I'm not going to question it. I'm going to go buy Todd a new shotgun. The Lord didn't tell me that, but if he did, I would. That, that You're missing the point. Do you see what I'm saying? The Lord told me I need to spend time with Scott. So yesterday I'm like, hey, we need to get together. There's nothing wrong with that. So, some of you need to give friendship. Oh, man, I feel the power of God right now. Some of you need to give friendship because that is the place that you were hurt the most was in friendship. And that is why you've fallen into disobedience because any, any micro expression that you see someone else have, it reminds you of the one that fractured you. And so you're like, no, I'm not going to be loving to this person. I'm not going to do this with this person or this with that person. No, I'm not going to. And you, you begin to wrestle and wage war within yourself as to why you try to tell God why your disobedience is okay. Let's, let's, let's get past that. It, it's, that is how narcissists are born. They are fashioned and formed in the womb of disobedience. I'm going to say that again. 
Narcissists are fashioned and formed in the womb of disobedience. Because the Lord will raise one up and put one down. Why did he tell Nebuchadnezzar, oh, you're going to be like a feral one. Your hand, your, your nails will grow like the talons of a claw, and you'll eat grass like a beast of the field. Why did he curse him with that? Because Nebuchadnezzar said that I got all of this by myself. That's why King Omar said in uh, uh, Proverbs 31, verse 1 through 9, he said, give me this so that I will say this of you. And don't give me too much so that I say that I curse you. And, or he said, don't give me too little or I'll curse you. And don't give me too much where I'll say I obtained this on my own. So, very simple. All you have to do is just say, Lord, I repent for disobedience. I, 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 I will be obedient because, Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me in obedience. Y'all ready? So, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you. Lord, we thank you for being here, resident, habitational here. It was so beautiful just to tell you for an hour and 36 minutes how holy you are. Lord, we could have spent four more hours here singing, you're holy. We could have, we could have been, even right now at 1242, still singing holy. You had a word that needed to be set out today. Because you want us to be obedient the time that we are in, while time is not our enemy, time is of the essence, and time requires obedience. So, Father, we repent right now, and in your own way, you repent, you repent. Father, we repent right now. I personally repent, Lord, for disobedience, for the sin of disobedience, which is rebellion. I repent, Lord, and I ask for forgiveness. I pray, Lord, you deliver us. You deliver us. You deliver us from disobedience. Deliver us from ourself. Deliver us from ourself this morning. I repent. I ask for your forgiveness. I turn away from it, God. I will continually pursue by the power of Holy Spirit and his guiding alone to be an obedient son. Instant obedience and willingness to the orders that you give me, God. And may it be the same of everybody that's under the sound of my voice, Lord, that we would have instant willingness and obedience to the orders that you give us because obedience commands the blessing. And, Lord, for those that have been obedient, I pray an overflow and an overthrow blessing over their lives, on their lives, through their lives, because they have obeyed. Lord, Whitney and I are standing here today because of the obedience of two individuals. And Lord, I thank you for them. But Lord, I praise you and I ask that you would allow them to be blessed in accordance with their obedience. Allow us to be blessed in accordance with our obedience. Allow those here today to be blessed in accordance with your obedience, because obedience is a commander. So we thank you. We thank you. We praise you. We adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord.
Pray in the spirit real quick. There's something that needs to be lifted right now. If you've never given your life to the Lord, you've never confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for your sins, rose again, sitting at the right hand of the Father, sent Holy Spirit so that you can do intensified works of ministry and be a part of the kingdom of God. Yes, you get to go to heaven, but that's not the whole thing. You get to do what Jesus did on earth. You get to be an extension and a continuation of what he did. If you want to give your life to the Lord and you've never done it before, raise your hand. Hallelujah. We got one. Who else? We got two. We've got three. We've got four. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right, right where you are, this is all you have to do. You don't have to you don't have to do a repeat after me prayer. All you have to do is just tell Jesus, "I believe you are the son of God. I ask you to come into my heart." I give you my life, and I thank you that you loved me enough to die for my sins. And I give you that I give you my sins. I give you my heart. I give you my life. It's that simple. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead. It's, it's, it's that simple. Just say, I believe that you're the son of God. I accept you in my heart. Say it. it you just it, in your own way. It's not hard. Just say it right where you are. You're not saying it to me. You're saying it to God because he hears you. Just say, I believe you are the Son of God. You died for my sins. Hallelujah. One, two, three, four, five salvations. Five salvations. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 The angels in heaven are rejoicing because you gave your life to God. Now that that's been taken care of, now the Lord is going to heal. You will never know salvation void of healing and deliverance. You'll never from this moment forward. You just gave your life to the Lord. And so things are about to intensify in your life. Everyone that just gave your life to the Lord, I'm going to ask you to come up here, right here. 